Well, I'm going to take you all the way back to the beginning, to Genesis. When's the last time that you read the beginning of Genesis, the creation story? You know, if you've ever been down the early childhood hallway, there's full of, there's signs uh, all over of God's creation. I mean, you'll see the animals and you'll see plants and Noah's even there and his ark and the sun and clouds and there's a rainbow. And when we have new visitors, you could see their eyes just light up when they come into the kid's zone area. It's really pretty cool. But yeah, if you haven't taken um, a moment recently to look back at um, the story of God's creation, I, I encourage you to do so. Um, it's kind of refreshing. It might give you a new perspective, and it should leave you with awe and wonder of our God. Miss Chris in the preschool classroom will tell you that if you um, ask some of her kids uh, what God created on a certain day, they can look at the day and tell you what God created that day. God created many wonderful things, but on day six, he created something very special. And if you ask those little people, they'll say, animals and people, and they're right. He saved the most important, most precious creation for last. And I think that my little friends would agree, because who hasn't met a little preschooler that doesn't like animals, right? But I'm not talking about the animals today. I'm talking about us, humans, you and me. His most precious creation is you. That's right. We are God's masterpiece. He even uses those very words to describe us. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For you are God's masterpiece. He has created anew in Christ Jesus. But wait, it doesn't stop there. It says we, so that we can do things that he planned for us long ago. You see, he didn't just make us and stop there. He says we were created to do things. What kind of things? Good things. He had it all planned out. He has a plan and a purpose for you and me. God is creative. I mean, you can look all around and you can see that God is creative. He's an artist. And when you think of an artist, they're very passionate about the things that they create. When God created the world, he said it was good. In fact, he took a step back and looked at all that he created and said that it was very good. My friend Gail always says that God don't make junk. Imagine what he was feeling when he made you. You are his masterpiece. What's a masterpiece? Well, it's an outstanding artistry, a, a skill, a workmanship, a wonder, a sensation, a gem, or a prize. That's what you are to God. <clears throat> if you talk to an artist about their work, you usually find that there's a story behind their creation, behind their masterpiece. <clears throat> we are God's masterpiece, so we are part of his story. You were made on purpose for a purpose. You were created in God's image to be like him. The Bible tells us, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that God created people in his own image, in his likeness. That means that we were created to show the world who God is. 
And we're his favorite creation, right? His masterpiece. Everything about us is perfectly crafted. The same hands that made the stars made you. That's pretty cool. The same hands that made the trees and the mountains and the sun and the moon made you and me. That's why you're so special. Because God made you. Our personalities, our sense of humor, our hobbies, our talents, we're all made to be like him. We can do all kinds of things. And he wants us to do those things, to use our gifts for good, for his purpose. Remember, he didn't just create us. He created us to do good things that he planned long ago. That's how our creator made us. That's his purpose for us. God made each one of you. He knew you long before you were born. He has prepared you to do his good works. God has plans for your life. Each of you were made on purpose for a purpose. He made Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, right? So that they could take care of each other and take care of the plants and the animals, the earth. They had a purpose. Our purpose is to take care of each other and to share Jesus with others. We have a purpose. That's how God made us. And there are several ways that we can live out our purpose by each of us discovering our different talents and abilities um, and by using them for God's will. But it's, it's up to us whether we choose to use our abilities for his good. That's where we need to make a decision. You see, God's part was creating us and having a plan for us. But our part, well, it's time. It's time for us to do our part. Are you willing? Will you be obedient? Do you trust him? You know, I had to make that decision for myself. Um, many of you know that I'm currently taking classes with Nazarene Bible College um, to fulfill the requirements to be ordained in the Church of the Nazarene. Whew. I still... Um, surprised by saying that out loud sometimes but um you see I felt called to something years ago I I enjoyed teaching Sunday school I enjoyed studying the lessons and relaying God's message to others but I didn't you know I didn't quite know what that meant what I was feeling inside at the time but I was working closely with Pastor Brian who's an excellent mentor by the way and he would he would always say so when you're going to start taking classes so I can't take classes. I, I'm too busy. Do you know how long it's been since I've been in school? You know? And the little while would go on, and he's like, you registered yet? I'm like, no, I, no. You see, what was happening really was doubt. I was, I was doubting that I could do that. I had to release that doubt. And I had to uh, begin to trust God. I had many conversations with God. You know how that goes, right? You're like, mm-mm. And he's like, uh-huh. And you're like, no, no, not me. And he's like, <laughs> That's doubt. And I was reading in a textbook just a few weeks ago about doubt and uncertainty. And it said that doubt is knowing the truth but refusing to believe it. 
And certainty is just you, you just don't have knowledge of something. You don't know something. And, and that's okay, right? We don't know everything. But that doubt, knowing the truth, but refusing to believe it. You see, I was refusing to believe that God made me who he made me to be. I've, I've refused to believe that I was capable and that God was there and could help me through. I refused to believe the truth that I knew about God. So I had to, um, I had to release that doubt. See, I was over there making X's. You ever make a pros and cons list? And I'm over there just putting all these X's on here. I'm like, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I didn't grow up in the Nazarene church. Kept making marks on that con side. What about my past mistakes? I don't know the Bible that well. On and on. But do you know <laughs> who is already making check marks in the other column? God said, you are loved. You are worthy. You are capable. I will equip you. You were made for this. You have the passion for this. You will speak truth to these children. You will share my love with these children. You have been transformed by, by me. Now I dwell in you, and that will shine through you. That's a pretty good list, isn't it? Yes. You see, God already had that list filled out. Because he created me on purpose for a purpose. And if I just trust in him, I can do those things that he called me to do. You see, I had to get rid of that doubt. And don't think it doesn't creep up on you every now and then, because it does. In fact, it was trying to creep up this week. You know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10. 10. But I had to squash that. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I give, I'm just, I'm not enough. For who? What? Not enough for who? I mean, Sean, the kids, my mother, God, everybody, I don't know. You. Not enough for you. I was raised in church. This might surprise you, but I have sense drifted from the faith. <laughs> my mama worked three jobs. I never met my daddy. I had to get up early and walk to school, but I'd wait up for her coming home from the diner. I'd wait up every night because she'd come home and she'd put me to bed and she'd tell me something. She'd tell me the same thing every night. He loves you, Charles. No matter who you are, no matter what you do or how far you run, 
Jesus will always be loving you with his arms open wide just for being you. And I'd smile and go off to sleep. You know, I saw something on Pinterest the other day. It was an eagle just caring for its young. It's a beautiful thing to watch one of God's creations just doing what he made it to do. Just being an eagle. And that's enough. Y'all spend so much time beating yourselves up. Must be exhausting. Let me tell you something, girl. I doubt the good Lord made a mistake giving your kiddos the mama he did. So you just be you. He'll take care of the rest. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful to see one of God's creations doing exactly what he created it to do? That's what he wants for you. But that doubt creeps up, right? You know, sometimes our fiercest enemy that we have to fight is ourselves. We get in our own way. But if we believe what the Bible says is true, and we believe God is who he says he is, then we must also believe that we are who God says we are. A while back, I was having a discussion with a dear friend of mine, and I'll never forget what she said to me. We were discussing a situation I was dealing with, and at one point she stopped and looked at me and she said, Sean, I got a question for you, but I want you to be honest. I'm thinking, okay. She said, do you believe God is who he says he is? I'm thinking, yeah, duh. She says, do you believe God is who he says he is? I'm like, yeah. And she said that three times. I'm like, yes, yes. It broke me down because I knew what she was getting at. She said, well, there's your answer. There's your hope. She said, if you truly believe that God is who he says he is, then he's got you. He's going to bring you through this. He's on your side. I was doubting the truth about what I already knew, right? Side note, if you don't have a friend like that, I pray you find one soon. Everyone needs someone to speak truth into their life. So I'm still wrestling with this decision whether I should pursue becoming a pastor or not. And you, know, you don't really get to decide that, by the way. Um, but I'm driving in my car, you know, listening to talk radio. And um, some guy was on there preaching, I don't know. But he was preaching the passage in John 21 where Jesus asked Peter if he loves him. You're probably familiar with it. How many times does he ask him? Three times. He asks him, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, then take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. 
Jesus said, feed my sheep. I felt like Jesus was talking to me that morning. Shauna, do you love me? Do you love me, Shauna? Well, then feed my sheep. There it was. I finally released that clinch that I was holding so tightly onto. I said, okay, Lord, if this is your will for me, I trust you. I will obey. Here I am. Send me. You see, I didn't have all the answers. Did I know how it was going to go? No. That's okay, though, because God does, and I'm trusting in him. You see, it takes a choice. It takes surrendering ourselves, your ways, your plan, for his ways and his plan. I love this verse, John 15, 16. Jesus says, I chose you. I chose you. Turn to somebody and say, you're already chosen. Turn to somebody and say, you're already loved. There's a song that says that. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. You've already spoken. Are we believing that truth today? You're already chosen, friends. There's nothing you have to prove. You just have to trust. Now, I know that not everyone's called to be a pastor. I realize that. But we are all called to minister to others. You see, he calls us. He extends an invitation, but we have to decide if we're going to accept all that he offers. Yes, you are called. The Bible says that we are called to live a holy life in 2 Timothy. That we are called to learn to do what is right and seek justice in Isaiah. We are called to defend the poor and the needy in Proverbs. To live as a believer, whatever situation the Lord has assigned to us. Because we are believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to share his good news with others. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. 1 Peter 2, 9. Yes, you, friend, are too called. He has a plan and a purpose for you. The Bible's full of all kinds of stories of people who didn't think they were worthy or didn't think they could accomplish much or was wondering, why would God choose me? What can he do with my situation? Abraham was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah said, I'm too young. I can't do this. But God replied, don't worry, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. Jacob was a cheater. David, did you know he murdered someone? Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. And that's just the Old Testament. If we flip over a few pages, right, and maybe a few 400 years, we'll meet some new people in the, in the New Testament that God also used. In Matthew, Peter walked on water because he trusted in God, right? He stepped out of that boat. He took a leap of faith. In Luke, Martha was worried about all the wrong things, but Jesus showed her the most important thing. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, right? But he climbed up a big tree, and Jesus made him feel important. In the book of John, there's this story of the Samaritan woman. Jesus talks to a woman at the well, much less a Samaritan woman. But I believe she was one of the first women preachers because she went off and told everybody about Jesus the Messiah. 
And then the disciples, 12 ordinary men, right, that Jesus befriended. He, he did life with them. He taught them. He, he um, told them all about his heavenly father, and then he equipped them to continue his work, to be witnesses, to go to the ends of the earth telling people about Jesus. You ever think you aren't worthy? You ever think you can't accomplish much? Think about these people. Think about how God used ordinary people. Well, I'm going to tell you that you're right and you're wrong in your thinking. You see, you're wrong thinking that you are not worthy because God already says you are. And you're right when you think you can't accomplish much. That is, by yourself. You may not be able to accomplish much, but with God, you will accomplish many good things. That's how he made you, right? Lean not on your own. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. It's a verse that a lot of young people uh, learn early on. Trust in the Lord. Do not depend on your own understanding, but seek his will in all that you do. And he will what? He will make those paths straight. He will show you the path to take. We got to make that choice. Are we seeking him? Do we trust in him? It's one of my absolute favorite stories from VVBS last summer. We had just uh, got done talking about the story of Peter walking on water. It's always a cool story. And I remember we were right here. His kids were right here in this first pew. And we were just talking with them and just um, asking if anyone, um, what, you know, just talking about what it meant to trust God and, and asked them if anyone was ready to make a decision for Jesus. And some hands, you know, shot up. It's always cool when you lead someone to the Lord, isn't it? There's just something special when you lead a child to God. And so we were able to pray the salvation prayer, and, and it was a celebration. It was an awesome moment. But I'm forgetting a little part of the story here. You see, one of those hands shot up super fast. <laughs> And at that moment, I'm doing the pastor thing, right, not the mom thing. But that was my son, Reed, nine years old. And so we finish up our lessons, and we clean up VBS, and we go home, and I'm putting him to bed, and I just like, I just got to ask you. Your hand shot up super fast. I just got to know, what were you thinking at that moment? What were you feeling? He said, I want to I be like Peter. I want to trust Jesus with my life. It's that simple, isn't it? But a lot of times we make it complicated. <clears throat> Let's trust in what God says, that he made us on purpose for a purpose. Let's trust in the creator who made us that way. When you think you can't, he can. When you think you're not strong enough or brave enough or smart enough, you don't have to do it alone. He's with you. Whatever it is, God is there. He's our strength and our guide. He will help us through. My friend Mark shared this verse with me uh, some time ago when I needed encouragement. I quote it often now. In fact, for women's Bible study uh, this week, we were to go around and share one of our favorite verses, and this is the one I chose. 2 Corinthians 12.9. 
It says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. That's God talking. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. You see, in our weakness, he is strong. Whenever you think you can't, you can with God. That's the key phrase, though, with God. We can do big things. Trust in him. Pastor Cheryl was preaching a few uh, months back during the miracle series, and she said something that stuck with me. That we have to position ourselves for God to do something big. We need to position ourselves nearby Jesus in order to do his will. How's your position? Are you near to God? Are you in his word? Are you drawing near to him day by day so that you can live the life that he calls you to live? Maybe it's time to reposition ourselves so that God can do something big through us. We have these think big trips that we go on during the summer. Uh, first and second grade, they usually stick around here and do a service project here at our church. And third and fourth graders go out in the community. Um, they've been known to shovel rock and dirt and all kinds of big things. Just serving. Just serving one another. Fifth and sixth graders have an overnight trip somewhere in our district. Well, they serve another church. There's always mulching that needs done. Maybe a little painting, cleaning out a basement or setting up a children's area. But you see, God is using those people to do big things for his kingdom. God can use you. Now you may be thinking, what is God's will for my life? I don't, what kind of big things can he do through me? I don't know exactly what that is, but I can tell you that he can use you and he will use you if you allow him to. You know that song, Nobody by Casting Crowns? You guys know the one. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. Okay, come on. You guys know that song, right? <laughs> that song is all about purpose. I'm not even a singer and look at what I'm doing up here. Come on. That song says um, that nobody is a nobody to God. Nobody is a nobody to God. He can use you. We all have purpose. That song said that Moses had stage fright. Yeah. In Exodus, we read about how God spoke to Moses in a burning bush. He called him out by name. He says, I choose you to lead my people out of slavery. And Moses is like, no, you got the wrong guy. Not me. But God reassured him that he would be with him. And he did. And he was. And then it goes on to say that David brought a rock to a sword fight. We know that one. In 1 Samuel, we read all about a, a boy named David. He was just a, a, the youngest son of all these brothers, um, a shepherd boy. He defeated that Philistine giant, right, with what? A rock and a sling. You see, David trusted that the Lord would be with him and protect him, and he did. And then the song goes on. You pick 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. In the New Testament, we read about how Jesus chose common, ordinary men, some who were disliked by others, sinners, and he said, follow me. He didn't pick head religious leaders or lawmakers or the richest of men, but instead he chose fishermen, 
ordinary men, even a tax collector. These men said yes to Jesus, and their lives were changed forever. They became messengers spreading the gospel to all nations of the world. The moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose. You might feel like you're not good at anything. You might feel like God can't use you. You might feel like there's nothing that makes you special, but God already says you're special. He loves you so very much, and no matter who you are, God can use you to make the world a better place. There's this mantra I like to say to call the kids in kids' own. God is who he says he is. You are who God says you are. And no matter what, God and we love you very much. Friends, you are who God says you are. You are created on purpose for a purpose. And the song goes on to say, I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. So when the, you hear that devil start talking to you, saying, who do you think you are? That's that doubt creeping up, right? We got to squash that. You just say, I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. That's our purpose. That's your purpose, to show others who Jesus is. Never, ever underestimate yourself. And never, ever, ever underestimate God and what he can do through you. You can find your purpose in life by serving God. You can be a bold and loving force for Jesus right now. Maybe you identified with some of those people on that list earlier. God can still use you. You are made to serve God and to share his good news with others. Everybody needs Jesus, right? Everybody needs Jesus. So you could be someone that shares Jesus with others. How cool would it be, Pastor Cheryl says this one, how cool would it be if you were the reason someone went to heaven because you shared Jesus with them? Live in such a way that those who know you but do, don't, not, don't know God come to know God because they know you. Let me say that again. Live in such a way that those who know you but don't know God come to know God because they know you. How are we living? He's got a purpose for you. He's not giving up on you, so don't give up on yourself. He created you to do big things. But we got to position ourselves, right? we got to be near to him. Remember, you are God's masterpiece. God made you on purpose for a purpose. God can use you. You can start serving him today. In fact... In a couple weeks, we'll have this ministry fair, this talk about night, and you'll walk in the room and you'll see all these different ministry booths set up, and you'll have the opportunity to find a place to plug into to serve, have a taco or three like Pastor Brian says, but find your place to serve that night. It's fun. Um, don't wait till tomorrow to start living out your purpose for God. Are you ready to go on the most exciting, adventurous journey of a lifetime Discovering God's purpose for your life? Today is your day to become what God has created you to be. Now that's exciting. There's an altar up here. And at this time, it's open if you want to come up here and talk to God. Maybe, maybe you're wrestling with this kind of like I was. Maybe you know that God created you for something big, but still dealing with doubt. Maybe you're hung up on something from the past. Maybe there's some labels stuck to you that we need to talk to Jesus and let those labels fall off. Because remember the labels that he gave you, that you are worthy and you are loved and you are already chosen. Remember that, friends. Let God's word speak to your heart this morning. Maybe, maybe we just need to 
rearrange our priorities. Maybe we need to put Jesus back at the top. You're welcome just to come up here and lay it all out at the feet of Jesus. I'll just pray. Lord, we thank you for the reminder today that you are such an awesome creator and that you created each one of us on purpose for a purpose. That you loved us so much that you believe in us that you will equip us. When we think we can't, we can with you. Lord, speak to my friends this morning. Whatever it is that's on their heart. Lord, let's get rid of the doubt. Let's just strip away all those negative thoughts that don't come from you and instead replace your thoughts. I believe there's something big you're going to do through us, Lord. I believe sometimes we get in our own way. Can you help us with that? Can you help us to, to unclench our fist and open up and surrender it all to you, Lord? Maybe we, we gave you a little bit, maybe we gave you some, but today's the day to give it all. Exchange our ways and our plan for what you have for us, Lord, because your plan is always good. Thank you for being who you say you are. And thank you for the truth that we are who you say we are. And thank you for loving us no matter what. We love you, Lord. We pray all these things in your powerful yet so loving name.